Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, you've got the official numbers, but every week that we release a podcast, we're getting closer and closer to the season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. You got it right here in my notes, 109 days away from FCBL opening day on May 26th. We are less than two weeks away from NCAA Division I opening day. And throughout the month, it's February. That means baseball up here in New England. It doesn't matter how much snow we just got. It doesn't matter how much snow. Well, actually, we're recording this before we might get another five inches this weekend. So who knows about that? We're up here in Boston for those who don't know. But yeah, baseball is starting. All our guys are going to be on the field. I'm going to be on the field. It's, it's, it's going to be great. It's that time of year. Like we said last time, the FCBL is not locked out. We are not locked out like a certain other baseball league. On this podcast, we have an interview with New Britain B's general manager, Brett DeRosa. He was general manager uh, starting last year in 2021, did an excellent job, hosted the All-Star Game last year. We'll do so again this summer. As a reminder, the All-Star Game will be in New Britain. We're super excited for that, and we couldn't be more excited for you to hear this interview. Yeah, this podcast totally pollinates. We really stung this one. Yep. Um, just like last year, you know, I think my highlights of the summer were the All-Star Game and the championship, which is supposed to be. Um, and the teams, New Britain executed that. Uh, Brad Smith, uh, the B's owner, and Brett DeRosa, who we have on today, their GM. It was a ton of fun last year. It's going to be a ton of fun this year. We talked about that, and we talked about what the bees are all about. You know, they have a lot of Connecticut guys um they they like all their employees and staff and they they treat them great and um new britain's a great place to be in the summer yeah connecticut's team as they call themselves it's going to be great to get back to new britain this summer and we can't wait for you to hear this podcast we're going to get you to this interview so without further ado we present our interview with brett DeRosa. let's roll at this time we are honored to be joined by our next guest who last summer was named the gm of the new britain bees and is gearing up for his second season in that role it is brett DeRosa of the new britain bees brett thank you so much for joining us and welcome once again to back to the futures how are you doing today i'm good thanks thanks good to see you guys yeah it's good to see you too we had you on briefly for our all-star game special last year but we felt it was time to give you a full episode and we're excited to do that here today and we're going to kick it off what has this offseason been like for you and how have the preparations been for this coming summer? Um, it's been it's been a great offseason so far, you know. Um being at New Britain Stadium, it almost feels like the uh, you know, the Baker Mayfield commercials where you kind of come in and it's just it's just Brad and I. So, you know, we're missing a lot of people, you know, missing the fans and everything. But um, you know, we were lucky as a league to have the schedule out pretty early this year. Uh, which definitely helps with, you know, sales and, and group sales. So uh, I can't complain at all. It's been, you know, it's been great. And uh, the team's all put together. We started to uh, release some guys, um, you know, on social media now, but the team's all put together and, uh, you know, we're excited for the, for the 2022 season. Yeah, we saw some of those names out and, you know, we'll get to that in just a second, but just making sure you are putting out more wins than you are commercials, right? I just want to make sure. You're not Baker Mayfield. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we'll see because of the, the B's first two years in the Futures League, we haven't been, you know, at, at the top of the uh, at the top of the charts. But, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get there pretty soon. So. 
Yeah, of course. And and then you mentioned that you got a ro- some roster names are leaking, including Zach Donahue, who is back. How did that go down? And how did you guys get one of your uh, one of your guys to return once again? You know, I think it comes down to uh, you know familiarity. You know, obviously Zach transferred from uh, UConn to Eastern Connecticut State. Uh, I think it's a little bit better fit for him. Um, you know, but we stayed in contact after the season ended, and and uh, he he likes being here. You know, a lot of our guys, it seems like they like coming to New Britain Stadium and playing in front of our bees fans, and uh, you know he's one of them. And and our fans like having him. He's a great guy to have around in our clubhouse and, and a great person to showcase the bees on the field. Um, so we were, you know, it was, it was pretty easy to have him back and, and we're excited to see what he has in store uh, for us this year. Yeah, you guys tweeted the I'm back quote. Was that a full Jordan press release from him? Yeah. You know, I texted him, uh, you know, I texted him yesterday. I said, Hey man, what, you know, what do you want to say to the, to the, the faithful bees fans? And, uh, you know, he said, I'll just stick with the I'm back quote. So, you know, it's, he's back for season three. He's been a part of every season of the Bees in the Futures League. And, uh, you know, he is back and, and uh, you know, hoping to lead us to, uh, you know, hoping to lead us to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. We love having guys like Zach around the league. Um, we talked about Zach and, you know, um, his guys a little bit on the Nesson broadcast last year i actually botched my stand-up about this on nesson but the fcbl for those who don't know as a rule you need 10 guys on opening day that are either from new england or play school excuse me in new england i'm botching this too (laughs) jesus um and you guys had all but like two or three guys at one point that were either from new england uh, from connecticut excuse me or went to school in connecticut Um, How important is that to the fans? You know, you can market that, hey, we have some local flavor here, you know, come out and support. Yeah, it's it's very important. It's very important. Um, I think we kind of uh, wanted to do it a little bit and we're forced into it, you know, so to speak. It was like uh, uh, in 2020, you know, everything was pretty uncertain. We had a lot of guys signed from, you know, out of state, um, maybe some, some other schools, um, you know, but obviously the uncertainty of what was going to go on, we had to pivot to, to, to get more local people just because, you know, we weren't going to have host families. We weren't going to have different places for people to stay. Um, so we, we had to pivot and, and go the local route. Um, but I think we were already trying to go that way as far as making sure we had Connecticut's team, so to speak. You know, we want to be able to showcase the best uh, Connecticut talent there is, you know, from, and most of the guys are from Connecticut or go to a school in Connecticut, but they're division one, uh, colleges from central Connecticut state, Yukon, uh, Quinnipiac, you know, sacred heart, all of it. And so, you know, and then also your Eastern Connecticut state, which is no slouch and, and D three, they're very good program. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what they do this upcoming year. They got Zach coming in and, and a couple of our guys from last year, Luke Broadhurst, Ryan Bagdasarian, um, they should be tremendous, uh, you know, this this upcoming year in their division. And, um, you know, it just – and it does help with fans and, and sales and everything like that. It goes along with it. It You can show the case to these people that somebody who played in their little league is playing on the big field at New Britain Stadium, um, you know, come out and watch them. You know, it gets people to come out. And it also gets the the family and friends of the players to, to come out on an every night basis and helps the atmosphere at the ballpark because they're invested in it. 
they care about it and they want their person to, uh, you know, to, to be good and, and they root for them hard. So it, it creates a tremendous atmosphere and we're um, every year kind of trying to build off of that. And so uh, kind of accidentally, but, you know, always with the back in a back of our mind, wanted to be Connecticut's team and, and we've done that and we're going to continue to do that. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the host family thing was something that was pretty hard. One of the more, would you say it was one of the more challenging things to work around with the, the pandemic? Yeah, I think the host host family is always hard to, to, to work mm-hmm. around. It, it just is, you know, I mean, um, especially nowadays, like some people don't answer the door unless they know, you know, they know who's at the door, or, you know, if they're not expecting somebody. Um, so to find people that want to allow um, you know, a college student or, or a stranger into their home uh, is, you know, is hard in itself. But then you right, add the right. fact of not being, uh, you know, familiar with a person during a pandemic and, you know, not knowing what their habits are or, you know, if they're going to go out and, and then maybe bring something back to the house. That was obviously, you know, in the back of our mind, in the back of the minds of people that were host families of us in the past. So, um, you know, it's, it's tremendously difficult, but you know, it, it always is. So you just got to try to work around it and, and, uh, you know, do the best that you can. Yeah. When you said that, I immediately thought of the Sebastian Meniscalco, uh, doorbell then versus now video. Um, right, but exactly. these, these guys don't bite though. These guys, uh, no, no, kids. absolutely. It's <laughs> a, but it is, I mean, it is a cultural change. I think, right. uh, like you, like you said, the Sebastian Maniscalco video where, you know, back in the day they would invite you in, you could have, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, break bread with them and, and, and whatnot. But now it's like, you know, you got, everybody's got the ring doorbell and they're, you know, who's out there, so to speak. So it, it definitely has changed but it's, you know, something that, you know, you got to adapt to. Yeah, definitely. So last kind of question on the local flavor. Do you take it personally if a Connecticut kid, leaves the state for another futures team. Is that something you're just trying to, you're trying to own the Connecticut market, have a monopoly, or even if they go to Norwich? Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, I'm from Long Island originally, but um, I live in Connecticut now and I've been here since 2018 and uh, sort of because we took that route of trying to get the best Connecticut players that we can um, here at New Britain stadium, you know, we feel we stack up just about, uh, you know, just with anybody as far as, you know, facility wise, uh, the atmosphere that we provide, the coaching um, and just, you know, pregame, postgame spread, whatever you want to say, player amenities, we feel like we stack up with anybody. So, you know, if you're a good player in Connecticut, we want you to come play for us. You know, we saw a couple, you know, and things happen, you know, maybe college coaches have connections with other coaches in the league. Um, obviously that stuff happens, but uh, we yeah I do take it personally you know because I want the best I want the best people here with us you know yeah you heard it here first if you're from Connecticut and you play baseball and you're good don't go anywhere else or Brett's gonna find you exactly and we've talked a lot on this podcast to various GMs about promotions that each team does at their various ballparks are there any promotions in the works that you think fans should look out for or anything bees fans should know in general before coming to the park this summer yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we're kind of, uh, you know, we've been known for over the past couple of years is is for our drink specials. And, uh, you know, we don't have anything solidified just yet, but we'll have a daily, you know, drink special where we 
you know, the last year we had, um, you know, $2 PBRs on, on Thursdays for Thirsty Thursday or, you know, $2 Miller cores on Wednesdays and dollar hot dogs on Tuesdays, um, you know, different things like that and, and giveaways. Uh, so we're still finalizing the promotional schedule, but you can expect more of the same at New Britain Stadium. Uh, we like to be the place where people can come, um, you know, hang out, have a couple drinks or, you know, eat some food and, and a game of baseball breaks out. So, um, you know, it's almost like happy hour here at New Britain Stadium. Uh, we just want to make it easy and accessible for people to come and enjoy a night out. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to continue to do. Yeah, it's always a great atmosphere coming to New Britain Stadium. You know, obviously me and Johnny from Massachusetts making that Connecticut drive. It's so cool to see the beehive out there and everybody else enjoying themselves. And obviously, you know, I mentioned it off the top. This was your first summer. 2021 was your first summer as bees as the bees general manager. What was what was the best part of that summer for you? And, you know, obviously there's always room to improve. So do you think there is anywhere that you could improve? Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely there's, there's room for improvement. You know, I've been here since uh, 2018. I was the business manager. Uh, then I was the assistant general manager. And then I became, you know, general manager last year, as you said, but um, you know, we're not where we want to be yet. Um, we want to continue to, you know, get more fans at the games. There's room for improvement. We have 6,000 seats here. Uh, you know, we're averaging over, you know, over a thousand a game, I, I would think. So, um, you know, maybe we'll never get to that 6,000 mark, but, you know, we're always looking to increase that number and, and you know, get as high as we can. So um, definitely room for improvement on that end. Um, as far as the, the best part about it is, is really just what we tried to do the last two years, even as assistant GM, is, is try to get a lot of uh, students in here uh, to give them practical experience. Uh, so you're able to sort of manage uh, from where we are, but most of the hands-on work is being done, um, you know, by college students in the box office, in the press box, um, you know, social media, all that stuff. So, you know, just being able to see uh, and help those people from, you know, a lot of Connecticut kids who go to different schools from Penn State to Nova Northeastern and Florida to uh, Michigan State to Temple to Rutgers to bring them all here uh, you know, these biggest schools that come to work for, you know, for us at the New Britain Bees as a local, you know, baseball team to be able to, to watch them learn just about everything there is to learn at a, at a ballpark and sort of grow throughout that, you know, it's just that that's part of the relationship building and, and I guess the, the teaching that goes on and, and that's probably, you know, my favorite part about it is, is not just the development of the you know, the players on the field, but the development of the students that we have helping us out, um, you know, in the front office or behind the scenes that people don't see. Yeah, I mean, we appreciate that, too, because that's exactly what we're doing right now. Uh, as a GM, like you said, you got the responsibilities, you're managing, delegating, whether it's staff or interns or students, but we heard the Twitter is yours. Yeah, I mean, I, I so basically every all roads kind of lead back to to me, right? So um, the Twitter is, you know, I do the Twitter because you know Brad and I, you know, are are the full time members of the staff. You know, he's the owner, I'm the GM, and uh, you know he doesn't really do social media that much. So by process of elimination, I, I do most of the posting on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and so uh, I haven't done TikTok yet. We we. 
Um, you know, we kind of delegate TikTok to our, you know, college student interns when they come in the summer. Um, but most of the content gets created by other people, I would say, and I kind of just do the posting and maybe add some wording to the description. Um, so it technically is mine. And, and, you know, every once in a while, maybe I'll have a nice little chirp or something on Twitter, but, you know, we always try to keep it friendly. So, um, you know, I guess the, the, you could say the Twitter's mine. Hey, that's what summer baseball is for. Um, so I guess for a little context for fans that might not know, we've asked a couple other people, like whether it was with Norwich or the Lake Monsters, what was the biggest difference between the professional New Britain Bees and the summer college ball New Britain Bees in your mind? What are the, some of the biggest takeaways? Well, the obviously the amount of games is different. So uh, when we were, we were in a different leagues obviously than Vermont and Norwich but uh so we were in the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball um independent so not affiliated with the major league team uh we had 140 games so we would be putting on 70 home games as opposed to you know 32 or last year it was 34 um you know when we also host the all-star game so right off the bat there's less games um so it goes from as opposed to the the end of March, the beginning of April, or no, the end of April um, to the middle of September, you're going from the end of May to the middle of August. Um, so that's different. Obviously, we were, there weren't any 10-game uh, um, homestands where you're working, you know, 16 hours a, a day for 10 straight days, you know, but um, there's also no, you know, road trips where you get to you know, relax for a couple of days or, or whatever the case may be when the team goes on the road. There's all day trips here. Um, you know, bigger, big differences. Teams up from the road don't really stay at hotels in this league. Um, that's another thing. I used to book the hotels for, you know, uh, visiting teams um, or our team on the road going somewhere else. Um, you know, we flew to Texas, so we don't fly anywhere yet here unless Joe wants to start paying for people to fly to Vermont. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different differences, but it's all basically, you know, based around the baseball expenses and, uh, you know, the travel, the hotels, the, you know, obviously we have college athletes here playing and not professional athletes. Um, but you know, then also we have more of a, you know, like you mentioned before, a local flair where it's, you know, we have people who know people who are playing. So the atmosphere gets a little bit more into it because they have their friend or their nephew or their, you know, uh, brother playing. So they want them to be, uh, you know, they know them and they want them to be successful. So it, it's a little bit of, you know, back and forth. Yeah. It's not like you're milking one player that happened to be, you know, from the area on the bees. Right. Exactly. You know, we, I mean, obviously it's, it's a little bit, you know, more easier to find Connecticut college athletes than maybe Connecticut, you know, uh, yeah. independent professional baseball players. So, um, for sure, that's that's the case. Yeah, and you talk about the local flair and college kids. Those were all on display when you guys hosted the 2021 All-Star Game last summer. Post-COVID, it was kind of the big first Futures League event that we had during the summer, and it was a great success. What was that like to host the event, and what was your favorite part about it? You know, I mean, it's all pretty much a blur for me because I, you know, I was I was trying to run around and manage everything that weekend. So we did the two day event with the home run derby and the beer fest on Monday. Um, and then Tuesday we had the all star game. You know, I, I 
I really loved the home run derby. I thought it was, I thought it went tremendously as far as like, uh, you know, the, the players, I was a little worried. We had a, we have a pretty big ballpark here. So I was like, you know, I think the last home run derby we did in extras was like one, nothing, you know? So I was like, Oh boy, people are coming to the home run derby. They want to see some home runs, you know, maybe let them use aluminum bats, but they did, they did not need it. Um, Cole Bartles, man, that was insane. He was, I mean, that was, that was insane. He, he broke our scoreboard, you know, like, after that, he, he was drilling them off the scoreboard. The scoreboard broke the next day during the All-Star game, you know, which is just another hurdle that you have to, uh, you know, you, you have to manage. But, you know, all, all jokes aside, I think it went great. There We had the beer fest there, which kind of gave it a, a little bit of an event feel. But then also, you know, I've never been to a beer fest where there's a home run derby. So just to, um, you know, pair those two, I thought that was great. And then the all-star game was, you know, was great as well. We had a good crowd and, um, you know, especially on a Tuesday. So, you know, we're, we're happy to be, you know, we're happy to be hosting it again. What did you guys think of the all-star game? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, Peterson and, and Todd Peterson and Cole Bartles, like put on an absolute show. Uh, a lot of kids, every kid, it was uh, cause you guys have the, you know, the Stanley wall and then, you know, we had a couple lefties in it that were hitting, what is that a shed back there in, uh, in left field yeah. or, or something that's um, a, that's a uh the batting cage so they got the roof over over the batting cage yep right they're they're nailing the roof hitting it over the roof um i thought it was cool that todd's dad was pitching to him i think that was that was one of the coolest parts we definitely uh made that known on the twitter and and elsewhere and then like you said it's just awesome that you know the futures league is so great like you had the beer fest it wasn't just like this thing that was, Oh, come have beer at the stadium is, is at the home run derby. And that was just, that was, it was, it was very unique. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Owen? what do you think? I don't know if anybody ever asked you guys questions on this, but. Yeah, we get questions, but it's usually not this deep. Uh, yeah, no, it was the, the all-star game was great. Obviously any chance for the league to showcase its talent in, you know, in a, especially in that way where it was a two day event, you had the beer fest. So there were a lot of people there enjoying themselves and enjoying the baseball and that's all we can ask for. And, you know, we had fun too, putting out content and having fun with the guys all for those two days for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it was great too, because like, you know, obviously all the hype for the all-star game, you want it to, uh, to live up to, you know, your expectations and it definitely exceeded mine. And it was like, it was crazy for us. We had like Carlos Peña on that week. Um, we had, you know, the all-star special with, uh, I forget who we had. Did we have Bagdasarian on Owen for the, from the bees? And so we were, we were just talking to everyone that week and it was busy. It was like, it was like a holiday, but with all the work and, but it was, it was fun. And that's what we sign up for. I do have a pitch for you though, for uh, the, that good. has to do from the all-star game. It has to, a lot to do with these things. This was probably my favorite part because I didn't get to drink a lot. So <laughs> how did the <laughs> wiffle ball part come about? You know what? I, I got to give Brad the credit on this one because he was, uh, I don't know. Sometimes he just walks in to the office and usually it's just me and him here. Um, but he'll just walk in and he'll have a, uh, yep, that's it. He'll have like a great idea. He's like, you know, I was thinking about like, we should contact Wiffle because they're a Connecticut company. And, and that would be like a unique Connecticut thing to do to be able to give you know, a uh, wiffle ball bat and, and a wiffle ball away, you know, with our logos on it. So 
you know, that was just like a random, you know, he just walked in, he thought about it the night before and, and, uh, and then we made it happen. So it was, it, that's how it came about. It, sometimes it's as simple as that, but, um, you know, we contacted Wiffle and, and, uh, you know, they got us in touch with the person who could produce them. And then we had them produced and then we gave them out. And I think people, I think the reaction was pretty good as far as, uh, you know, people seem to enjoy it. Hopefully they kept them like you. And, uh, you know, some people were playing with them out in the outfield, you know, which is perfectly fine too. But, uh, you know, it was, it was really a, a tremendous idea. So I don't know, you know, if you have any ideas of how we can top it this year, uh, you know, I, I'm all ears, you know. It might be more of a regular season thing. Obviously, uh, college summer balls, the, the between inning promotions are in their purest form in college summer ball. And I think you got to have a, a player on their off day face a fan between like the third and fourth inning or something. Yeah, right. Like, uh, you know, see if they you can have so hit. much foul territory there, too. So do you think the the player pitches or the player hits? That's where it's up to you and Brad, I think. That's it. You know, we got to figure out if, if there's any fans that have anything up their sleeves, you know? If yeah. They got some sort of uh, riser or some sort of some heat they can bring. A little knuckleball or something. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. We'll, we'll take that into consideration for sure. So uh, you versus Brad, who's winning a wiffle ball matchup? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Brad's the owner of the team. So I'm going to go with Brad. <laughs> yeah. Just Brad's definitely listening to this. So just gotta, you gotta yeah, make sure. He will. He will. Yeah. Before we get back to our interview with Brett DeRosa, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in new England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, Brett DeRosa. And we mentioned it earlier, you also were announced to host the 2022 All-Star Game. So it'll be round two in New Britain this summer. Any initial plans for that event? How do you plan to show off New Britain even further than you did last year? Yeah, back to back, I guess, you know, uh, back by popular demand. People wanted to, you know, come back to New Britain, which I don't blame them, you know. So, uh, um, I, you know, we're, we're starting to put the preliminary things in motion. We're, we're probably looking at trying to have another – uh, another beer fest. Um, you know, this year's event is going to be one day uh, on Tuesday, July 26th. Uh, we're going to do the home run derby a little bit before the game uh, just to encompass, you know, everything in one day. Um, and then hopefully, uh, you know, we should be able to throw a beer fest on top of that. And it'll be, you know, it'll be a, just a tremendous day of uh, Futures League and, and showcasing, you know, what the Futures League has. So, um, you know, we, we probably add some more stuff onto it too, but we have a little bit of time uh, now is when we're putting the plans in place. So 
we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how, what it comes up to be. Yeah. So when you're looking at a summer, when do certain plans go into place? Because, you know, we got the schedule out a little bit right around Christmas time. That wasn't the case last year. So it's obviously easier than last year to, you know, you have more time, but what do you look at? You know, you're hosting the all-star game, which the other seven teams aren't doing. What's, what's kind of like a timeline. What are you, what are you guys doing right now and planning right now, you know, late January, early February? Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, you take that. So basically you, you kind of look at the season as uh, you know, if you take the baseball out of it, you're running, um, you know, 32 events. So you have to kind of try to figure out a way to get people to come to 32 events, uh, whether it's, you know, obviously more people want to come to Friday and Saturday night events, but then you have to give them a reason to want to come to the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday events. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into, getting people here on the nights that, you know, are not the all-star game. Uh, like you said, that's what everybody else is focusing on is, is getting people to, to those games. But we also have to focus on trying to get people here for the all-star game. So we treat it as another event, but obviously it gets, you know, special attention as we get closer. Um, you start putting the plans in place. Like if you want to have, you know, a food truck or, you know, music, you know, a, a band or, um, a beer fest, you have to put those place, uh, plans in, in place now um, to, to try to, you know, work with people because, you know, you know, Brad and I can't do it alone. So we got to we got to work with people to help us put this put the, uh, you know, the extra flair onto the all star game as opposed to just a regular game. But, you know, other than that, it's it's, you know, putting those plans in place, making sure that there is uh, a way to get tickets out to people in bulk and then um, you know, giving people a reason to come to the game. And, and, you know, a lot of that is the built-in support we get from the other Futures League teams and their parents and, and uh, you know, coaches and, and people who want to see these players play. And, and it's the best players from the league. So, um, you know, it, it's an easy game to market, but there is a lot of preparation that goes into making sure we have a reason people want to come. So, um we start, you know, right about now, as soon as the schedule is out really is when you start preparing, but you know, you also have to keep in mind that, you know, you have to sell tickets to 31 other games or 32 other games. So, you know, there's a, you know, is a fine line with that. Uh, you might not have one answer to this question, but you know, when you pitch an FCBL game, it's like, okay, you can, it's affordable family acts, uh, excuse me, family friendly, uh, the kids have access to the players. What's your favorite part about pitching, you know, a game to a bees fan specifically, maybe? Mm. Well, you know, like I said, I think I said it before, but it's almost like, uh, you know, happy hour, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's very laid back with general admission seating. It's not really the hustle and, and bustle that you, if you were to go to a, a professional sports game where you're, you know, where's the, where's this section? Where's that section? We got to go sit there. Those are our seats. Where's, you know, Let's go wait on the bathroom you know, line. Like, you know, uh, um, what we try to do is is be accessible. So we have free parking right outside the stadium. You know, you can't get closer. Um, you know, you walk in, we, we put a lot of effort into having there be no line. So we want you to get be able to get into the stadium quick. And we want you to be able to get your food quick. We want you to be able to get your seat quick. And we want you to enjoy the game and not miss much of the game. So, and then you know, have a convenient walk back to your car, go home safely, you know, so everything we want is to be smooth and customer friendly. Um, 
So, you know, we try to be as accessible as possible, as affordable as possible. Um, and we just try to get people here to, to, to see what we have going on, um, you know, to buy the drinks, to, to watch our players on the field and to, you know, have a great night out, which is, you know, what a lot of people need. Um, and we're happy to provide it. So. Yeah, 100%. And we know how much the bees mean to New Britain and the surrounding areas. So that's, that's a great pitch. You got me hooked. You know, I'm, if I didn't work for you, I'd be there. Well, yeah, I, you're going to be here anyway. Owen, so. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be there anyway. And you, so you mentioned that you were the assistant GM in 2020. So you've been here since the first year that the bees were in the futures league. What has been the most impressive part about this league in your mind? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, so we came in 2020, um, the most impressive thing about this league, I think it's just been, uh, you know, it's obviously the play we have, you know, you think summer collegiate. So when a lot of people thought maybe there would be a huge drop off in talent from, you know, the independent league, which is, uh, you know, the Atlantic league, which is like the premier independent league where it's, you have like triple a, you know, level ball players um, down to to the summer collegiate and I say down but you know a lot of these guys are division one ball players who all they do is play baseball so um, you know they're pretty darn good and you know they're playing at the highest level that they can and they're probably you know the next crop of triple a ball players so uh, I think the the talent level that we have in the league is is something that underestimated or maybe that was underestimated and it's starting to be a, a little bit you know more well known um, you know, but, you know, we're happy having, you know, our teams and, and, you know, Vermont was a tremendous team last year and, and we have really talented teams and, you know, maybe we came, you know, at last the last couple of years, but we're, we put together a team that we feel, you know, will get us out of the basement and, uh, um, you know, try to try to make the playoffs this year. So. So pressure on Donnie then? Yes. Pressure on Donnie. Any plans to uh, make the – you and I discussed this a little bit during one of the games this summer. Any plans to make the whole outfield wall just yellow with the Stanley logos? Yeah, you know, we, we put up that new banner last year, uh, which was – it pops, you know. But, you know, you never know. Maybe they want to do something like that. It basically comes down to, you know, what Stanley will let us do. You know, just, we kind of just uh, – we kind of just follow their lead as far as as far as those things go. But – um, you know, that would be cool having a yellow monster, but hey, we'll see what happens, you know. Yellow turf, yellow monster. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, Owen and I were super annoyingly creative with the bee puns this year. You guys used the sting. We we said some pollination ones. Is that something we should keep the keep our foot on the gas on or should we hit the brakes a little bit? I mean, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I hear a lot of bee puns, you know, it's just, I'm out in meetings, you know, trying to get people involved with the bees, whether it be little league or, um, you know, sponsors, everything like that. And, and everybody has the same bee puns and, you know, it's as long as people will continue to talk to me, they can tell me about bee puns. That's fine. So, um, you know, as long as you guys want to, and you're going to, you know, cover the new Britain bees in a, in a nice way, you can, you can so you can so use the bee puns. Of course, of course. Uh, little change of subject. You are a mountaineer. You graduated from West Virginia with a sports managed management degree. So my first question is Mountaineers hoops coach Bob Huggins gets a $25,000 incentive every time he beats Kansas. Is that what you get every time you beat Norwich? 
No, I don't get that. I get a, uh, I get a, uh, a nice cold Coors Light every time we beat Norwich, and which I think was well, what uh, maybe one of you guys know. I think it was like 6-6 six, six last year. I think we yeah, talked. pretty even. I think, what, what do you guys call it, the Route 2 boat? Yeah, I think, it, you know, it's, it's kicked back and forth between the Route 2 bout or the Route 2 rumble. Um, you know, what, wh- whichever one works fine with us. I, I've been in talk with uh, uh, their new GM, um, Lee, Lee Walter. And, uh, you know, he is, he, he and I are going to talk about ways that we can, you know, try to try to make some fun out of the rivalry and, and, and come up with different ways to, you know, I think this year we have an uneven amount of games. So I think there will be a winner. So I might have to talk to Brad about that 25 G's. <laughs> All about it's all about the the cha-ching cha-ching there. Yeah, exactly, and maybe a jumpsuit like Huggins, you know. Exactly, something, something. Yeah, just the triple XL quarter zip or whatever yeah, he exactly. wears. Exactly. I would. I mean, I would. I would love to rock that look. <laughs> and you know, we gotta ask at West Virginia, big sport, big sports school. What is the best football or basketball game you've ever attended when you were there? Oh, there was there was one game. So there's there's two, right? So I. I uh, there was one game. I think I was a senior, but we played Baylor one year, and I don't know if you guys remember this. It was so Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, and 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 Stedman Bailey. They, you know, we had Coach Dana Holgerson, and we had a uh, you know tremendous offense that year. We we started off like six and zero, and we played Baylor later in the year, and we won like seventy to sixty three. It was just a back and forth shootout. It was insane. Like I think Gino broke some records that day. He had like 600 passing yards and like you know something like that. It was insane. It was just it was the greatest like shootout I've ever seen. And then similarly, I think it was maybe maybe my first year there. Um, the basketball team was playing Purdue. Purdue was like number 10 in the nation. We weren't ranked, so we won the game at home and we stormed the court. And, uh, you know, I, that was my only time I got to uh, enjoy what that felt like. So as you just, if you can imagine um, a court packed of college students, just like you're squished beyond belief, singing Country Roads by John Denver, you know, it's just, uh, it was tremendous. Oh, boy. Yeah, they, the Boilermakers, we took them down, man. I got to, uh, my sister goes there, shout out to Mary, my little sister. I got to, uh, I was at the Michigan State game this year when Michigan State was two at Purdue. So I got to storm. That was the only time I've ever done that too. But it's, just, it's, it's hot and it's hard to move when you're storming the court and you got a lot of people. But, you know, being able to sing Country Roads by John Denver, it doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, you know, take me home, baby. West Absolutely. Virginia. Exactly. There you go. That's it. I'm going to, I'm thinking about bringing that back for, uh, for the bees, you know, it doesn't make much sense for us up here, but I like the song. So, you know, if New there's a connection, Britain. it'll work. <laughs> exactly. Take me um, home. You, so you're from Long Island. Are you uh jets or giants? I'm a jet fan. So that was huge that Gino, uh, you must've been pumped for a new, you know, a jet dynasty, right? When I'm Gino got drafted. Fan. I'm a Jet fan, and uh, I will no longer take any questions about that. <laughs> All right. How about the questions of your SNY operations intern role? Yeah. So, you a Mets uh, fan too? Yeah. Mets, Jets, Islanders, and Knicks. So, the, uh, yeah. So, the, the teams that, you know, notoriously, you know, they haven't won a championship since I've been alive. Um, the last one was the Mets in 1986, which was six years before I was born. Um, not like anybody's counting, but 
my internship was great. It was, uh, you know, it was my senior year or the summer before my senior year at West Virginia. Um, and the program required you to have an internship like most programs. And um, one of my friends in one of the classes had just done an internship with SMY the year before. He said, hey, I might be able to get you in. I was like, that'd be perfect. And, and part of the internship was going to the city and their, uh, you know, their studio and seeing some of that, some of it was going to the SMY offices and, you know, getting a look at that. But, you know, they also offered the ability to go to Mets games and be in the broadcast truck and basically be a runner. You know, once the broadcast starts, not many people can move or do anything other than, you know, maybe run to the bathroom quick if they need it. Um, so you had to just get them stuff, whatever they needed. And, you know, that was great because I got to go to Mets games and sit in the stands before anybody was there, just watching BP uh, you know, just bringing things to the truck and watching everything from behind the scenes. I even got to sit in the booth with, uh, you know, Gary Keith and Ron for one, you know, for one game. I was just, it was, you know, for a Met fan, that's tremendous. You got the, you know, the, the best broadcast booth in all of baseball and you're just sitting in the back, you know, it's just, it was, it was great. And, and I tried to go to as many Met games as I could as, as part of my, you know, uh, my internship there. And, and uh, you know, they were all, great to me and and you know i i definitely love that that sounds awesome that sounds like a dream so you have the the sports management and then you went to nyu did you think about doing that media side of things or was the internship more like hey this is awesome let's watch some met games and get some experience to be honest i just needed an internship at that time so i kind of took what was available to me believe it or not like you know, I don't know how it is these days, but back in the day, it used to be hard to get an unpaid internship, you know, like it was, it wasn't that easy. It, yeah. Which makes no sense. Right. Cause like, uh, you, you just want to get experience in there. You're not even asking to be paid, but it's hard to get internships. And so, you know, that's one of the things I kind of brought into, you know, the new Britain bees role is, is that if you reach out to us and we, you know, we speak and you have the right intentions and, and you want to learn different things about the organization, like we're going to take you on. And, you know, one of the things, like I told you that we take pride in is being able to develop people and help people try to get jobs, um, you know, once they're done with school. So to be able to pad their resume with all the different things that they did here at the ballpark, um, to be a reference for them if they need. Um, and not to mention also all the uh, schools or the, the kids that they come from, um, you know, they become their own network too. So they, they now they know somebody over here, somebody over there that they can connect with on LinkedIn. So we try to get as many people as possible to just create that environment of like, you know, this is school at the ballpark type of thing. So, you know, I kind of went into a sidetrack there about internships, but um, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, what I was thinking on that. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's a good sidetrack. That's the boots wearing. That's the boots. A lot of players listening to this are in, that's the boots. A lot of, you know, employees around the league were just in, you know, within the last few years, one thing it's, it's crazy these days. Cause it is hard. It is, uh, especially with COVID it, everything shut down, but you know, these schools, it's like, all right, we need a pay you but we can't so you need to get credits and then you need to pay the school for your credit it's just a it's, a, it's a credit well that's it you know and it happened it, ha it happened like i mean i did the same thing right i had to pay west virginia um for the opportunity to work for sny for free you know so yeah i mean i guess 
the, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's wild. It really is. And so we try to, you know, at least here in New Britain, we try to be, you know, as flexible as possible right. with, with our students. So, you know, that's one of the benefits of, ha you know, taking on a decent amount is to, to, we can be flexible if you have a family vacation or um, if you have to work a job that you have to, you know, cause you have to make money. If you have to work a job somewhere else, we're flexible with those hours. And, and I think it's just, uh, you know, it's the new, you know, it's the new norm. You have to be flexible. You have to be willing to work with people because at the end of the day, like I said before, you know, Brad and I can sit here and put all these different plans in place. But when the season comes, we need each and every one of the people that work for us to, to help us out. And so, um, you know, it helps us out, obviously, but it also helps people become an important role of a, of a, of a minor league baseball team, basically. Um, you know, and they get comfortable. So when they go back to school, they feel comfortable saying they, they did this or they did that. Or, or then when they see a job online, maybe they're like, you know what, I could do that uh, because I did it. And so we try to be a, a platform, you know, and I, and I like to, uh, one of the per people that I like to use, you know, most for that is, is uh, Nick Zelaya, right? So the kid is tremendous, you know, like he's just, he's unbelievable. Like, he 2020 he emailed me um you know that he was just he was bored he just looking for something to do he was a freshman at Syracuse um but he was interested in broadcasting and and you know he wants to be a a sports center anchor one day and I think I really think he's gonna be one you know so um you know we kind of give him this platform to be able to do what he wants to do and he kind of just takes it and runs with it you know he did the weekly buzz and then um, you know, last year he did play by play when we needed him to do. And then all of a sudden, because he was willing to, you know, to take on the responsibility and, and reach out and do what we let him do, you know, without too much oversight, uh, he was on Neston, you know, which who would, when he emailed me, did he think he was going to be on Neston? No, but he did. And, and, you know, and now he's, he like gets featured on Syracuse's story. He's had a video with like, Stephen A. Smith responded to him one day, and and he also does our graphics now. If it, the the player release, um, the player releases that we've been doing, he he did those. So you know he's just he's tremendous, and that's kind of what we want to do. Like just help people uh, do whatever they try out, whatever they want, because that's what this whole league is about development, and it's obviously for the players. Um, you know, which is why we're, you know, I joke about being in last place, but, you know, our guys enjoy being here and they got better and hopefully they went back to school, uh, you know, better prepared for their next season, um, which is the most important part. So it's all about development and, you know, that's what we're going to continue to do. Yeah, I was wondering when Nick Zelaya's name was going to come up on this pod, but yeah, he's been great for the bees and, you know, we obviously, we love him. He's, he's great for the organization. I called him the face of the bees and, Citrus TV and all this stuff. He, he does it all. So He is. He's, I'm a huge fan of Nick's Eli. He is the face of the bees. I tell him that all the time. He goes, no. I said, yes, you're the face. Yeah, he's the face. He's the voice, whatever you want to call him. Exactly. And you talk about, you know, Nick wanting to work in sports. Obviously, me and Johnny are here because we want to work in sports. Did you always want to work in sports? Was that always something that you had on your mind before school, during school, whenever? Yeah, I mean, I probably at one point wanted to, you know, be a professional baseball player or even professional. I, I love basketball, too, so probably wanted to be a professional basketball player. But, 
you know, at, at a certain point it, it became, you know, clear to me that it wasn't going to happen. So then the next thing was, all right, let's work in sports. And then, so, you know, I wanted to be the general manager of the New York Mets, you know, so um, how do I do that? Well, there's no one track way to do that. It's just, you know, it's not like if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you go to med school or law school, you know, you have to just grind away and try to do what you think is best to put you in that position. So that's how I've always thought of it. Um, I came out of college. I became a clubhouse manager uh, for the Long Island Ducks. Then I went and worked for a sports management company where I dealt with elite youth lacrosse, um, where I learned a lot about, you know, the business of, of sports. Uh, and then I came uh, to New Britain from my contacts with the Long Island Ducks. And I learned what it is to be a front in the front office and put on a minor league team. And, and uh, you know, now I can confidently say that I can, I, there's pretty much nothing at the ballpark that I haven't done or, you know, heard about or, or seen firsthand. Uh, so, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm continuing, continuing to work towards that goal and, you know, hard work leads to different opportunities and hopefully those opportunities leads to something that you want to do in the sports field. But, um, you know, uh, I guess I'm, you know, I'm the general manager of the New Britain Bees, which is pretty cool. So, you know, we're just going to keep, keep going and see what happens, you know. Before we buzz back to our interview with Brett DeRosa, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Bat Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continuing to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the Major Leagues. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian Bat, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. To find out more information about Zorian, go to ZorianBats.com. That's Z-O-R-I-A-N Bats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, hold on to your stingers. We're back to our interview with Brett DeRosa. All right, last couple of questions before we get to our final segment here. Have you thought Have you thought about, have you watched, what are your thoughts on the NFL playoffs so far? Wow. Well, I mean, it's, it's been tremendous. I mean, it's been tremendous, obviously. So, um, you know, maybe not so tremendous because uh, this might, a couple months ago, sports gambling became legalized in Connecticut. So, um, you know, it could be tremendous for you or it could not be tremendous for you, but if you're just a fan watching the game, it's been insane. It's been unreal. Um, you know, I was kind of pulling for the Rams uh, for different reasons to make the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and they did. I think, you know, I've always kind of liked Matt Stafford. Uh, I don't know if it's because of jealousy or something like that with the, the, the Jets drafted Mark Sanchez, um, you know, a little bit behind Matt Stafford, but I've always thought he's been great. Like, obviously, the the Lions have, haven't had the greatest teams over the years, but he always managed to, like, put up crazy numbers. So I figured when he went to the Rams, like, that was going to be a, a game changer. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I think there's a good chance they might, you know, pull, pull it off and, and uh, he might get one. But, you know, and then you got the Bengals, who had the same odds as the Jets to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. So, um what a story that's been and cool Joe Burrow, you know, I try to be as cool as him. 
Yeah, what a turnaround. I need to pair those those purple translucent glasses or whatever. Um, that, that Buffalo Bills-Kansas City Chiefs game was insane. I, I mean, probably one of the best football games I've ever seen. Other than, like, I don't know if you guys watched the Raiders and the Chargers the last week of the the last week of the season. Yes. That was insane as well. Just for like, how do you go to overtime in that game when everybody knows that you needed like it could be, end in a tie, and then you're gonna end in a tie, and then nope. It was just some of the some of the things that we've seen over the past couple of weeks in football have been like the greatest things we've seen. So the, it, it has been insane. When the Raiders were up like two scores or whatever Owen and I sat down to record our other podcast and then I was like oh it's a one score game and I was like oh no we can't record yet we gotta we gotta wait um so now we just wait until like midnight you know what we if if that's even early enough at least I guess the game started 6 30 now but Mark Sanchez I mean he's uh he was on that graphic when uh Mac Jones was playing the, the Bills the Pats were playing the Bills like one of the last five rookies to start a playoff game so he wasn't too bad for the Jets back in compared to I, some, of the, some yeah. of the decisions since then. For sure. I, I kind of compare him to like Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, like our team, our teams, I say our teams, the Jets were uh, like such a, like they had such a good team those years. The defense was insane and their offensive line was the best offensive line the Jets have ever had with, you know, DeBrickashaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold and Alan Fanica. Um, you know, so I think the team kind of got us to the, you know, he didn't do enough to mess it up, you know, and he did his part, but, um, you know, I think it was mostly the team and, and I def, you know, Mark, like you said, he gave us four playoff wins. I got nothing bad to say about Mark Sanchez. I just, you know, Matt Stafford has, has been, you know, a little bit better than him over the years. So, um, but you know, I can't complain about Mark. Sanchez. Yeah. And now Stafford's proven he can do it with the, you know, in January, which he never got really the opportunity to at all. Right. So can we get a, can we squeeze a Super Bowl pick out of you? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams to, uh, to win the game. And, uh, and are we allowed to talk about spreads on the podcast? I'll take them to cover the spread as well. (laughs) 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. Exactly. (laughs) What is it? uh, Is it three and a half? I think I think it I think it's three it's it opened at three and a half for sure but I I you know I think it's probably a touchdown but don't do not I didn't say I was gambling so do not follow my advice I'm just gonna say that I take the Rams win by a touchdown but I'm I'm usually wrong so yeah follow your advice for everything else that you've said on this podcast except for that yeah exactly because nobody knows nobody knows what's gonna happen nobody knows and. We don't know what you're going to say for these couple next couple questions, but we're going to get some answers right now on Quick Hits, our final segment. is presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Brett, we're going to kick this off. Who is your favorite player that has come through the Bees organization? Wow. Yep. Uh, this is not going that quick, I guess, but, jeez. Um, Ryan Bagdasarian. Any particular reason or just? Oh, I thought it was just quick. Sorry. Um, no, he was just, a, you know, he's a tremendous kid to talk to, um, you know, very personable, you know, solid baseball player, just, you know, great guy to have around in the clubhouse. He'll always 
you know, take the time to talk to you. And, and, you know, he's a Connecticut kid from Glastonbury goes to Eastern Connecticut state. Um, you know, there's a, we've had nothing but great kids over the past two years. So I, I like talking to all of them, but you know, Ryan is, is one of the ones that popped into my head. So, um, you know, he's a great kid to have. And, and Brad and I used to, uh, joke around and call him captain bags, you know, uh, just cause he's, you know, he's, he's solid, he's dependable and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just a good guy. Yeah, he's been great for the bees over the years and was spectacular last summer. And if you were walking up to the plate, what would be your walk-up music? Uh, let's go with uh, John Denver, "Take Me Home," "Country Roads." There it is. Just keep it keep it simple. Keep it simple. And we you mentioned earlier that the Mets are your favorite team. So how about your favorite big league player, whether it's current or historical? Um. My favorite big league player, it used to be Jose Reyes. Uh, I was, when I was a kid, I was just a huge fan of the way he played. I tried to be just like him, you know, on the field as far as, you know, energetic and be loose and, and uh, you know, have fun and make people around you feel comfortable uh, and, and just play with that energy. So I'll, I'll stick with him because he was my, my favorite player as a kid. And what about your favorite ballpark or uh, the one, one you've played in or one you've uh, attended? My favorite ballpark uh, that I've played in or attended is probably um, City Field. You know, I, I it's it's just a great ballpark to watch a game. Uh, they have everything. You know, the food options are great. Um, I've never sat in a bad seat there. I've I've been in a, a couple of different clubs. It's it's just uh, you know it's first class. Um, and then I also got to not too long ago. I, I got to go to UBS Arena which is the, the new arena that the Islanders uh, just built. Um, and that was just phew, unbelievable. So that was only, I got to give it to city field because I've only been to UBS arena once and I've been to city field multiple times, but uh, this new arena with the Islanders is, is pretty special. And if you, if you guys ever get a chance, um, you know, I would definitely go over there cause it's, 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 it's very nice. Yeah. Maybe we'll check out our boy Chara over there sometime. Uh, what sports stadium or event is on your bucket list? Yeah, I've never been to Fenway Park. Like I, I, I've always, you know, I'm from Long Island. I've lived in Connecticut. I'm always real, usually really busy in the summers, obviously, since I've been in Connecticut. So I've never gotten to go to a game at Fenway Park. So I don't know if you guys have any, you know, any pull over there, but you know. I don't know if we have a ton of pull, but you can get a bad seat there. <laughs> It's, well, uh, you, know, you can I, face center field. You can face the batter's eye, but the without sitting behind home plate, you can you won't see home plate. You can you can sit behind a pole. You can right, and I guess you know an event would be the Super Bowl. You know, like who, who doesn't want to go to the Super Bowl? We'll we'll see. Hopefully, uh, maybe if the Jets ever make it one day, I'll go to one. That would be funny if we welcomed on Matt Stafford to give you two tickets right now. We don't have that pull either. <laughs> if you could tweet at him, that'd be good. You know, you never know. Big fan. Uh, <laughs> tweet. His wife was giving away tickets, actually. Tweet at her. Um, what are your uh, superstitions on game day for the bees? Uh, I don't have any just because I don't, you know, I'm not playing. So I just, you know, I have, I have a routine that we do, you know, every, uh, every game day, just, making sure everything is set up and ready to go to, you know, so it's efficient when people are ready to come uh, when the gates open an hour before, but I don't have a, a specific superstition uh, that I do every, every game. 
And last question of the quick hit segment. What is your favorite baseball memory? Uh, my favorite baseball memory is probably, uh, you know, just, just getting to play with all my friends growing up, you know, I, I mean, some, you know, we're still friends to this day, but, um, you know, the, the best memories are probably the ones that you don't even realize are, you know, happening. So, um, you know, I grew up with the same kids in my town and we, you know, we weren't on, you know, travel teams or, uh, you know, where they put people together from other towns on you know the best teams so we all kind of just grew up together and played baseball in high school together and and played in the backyard with you know a stick ball bat and tennis ball so uh just just all that growing up when life was easy and and you know you didn't really have to worry about too much and it's just losing a seven game series to your friends you know that that's all you had to worry about so yeah the good old days when life was easy as you said that's always that's always good to keep in your memories for sure. And last question here, how about a message to Bees fans? Yeah, you know, like I think I said it before, but you can expect more of the same at, at New Britain Stadium. Um, you know, we're always looking for ways to upgrade the the ballpark and and uh, you, you know uh, make it a great experience. But you know, the the meat and potatoes of what we're going to do is is be affordable and accessible. And so we want you to be able to come as easy as possible, park, come in the gates, not break the bank to have a hot dog and a beer, and just be able to sit with your ki kids, your wife, your family, and, uh, you know, root on the bees as they, you know, play their hearts out, you know, for to get better and to, to win the game. So, um, you know, more of the same from New Britain Stadium. We're still going to be local Connecticut's team and, and just a great night out. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to hear. Come on down to the Hive at New Britain Stadium and uh, and cheer on the bees. That's awesome. And Brett, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything. And we can't wait to see you this summer in New Britain and continue to see that content being pushed out by the bees. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this. It's been so long. It took you about four seasons to have me on. Only took me one and a half, so. Yeah. I'm new. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Brett. All right, guys. Thanks. And this has been episode two of season four of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks again to everybody for tuning in, and we will see everyone soon. Thank you.